This is the Born Offside podcast. You thought it was over, and we'd like it to be soon. If we could say it is now, we would, but we can't, because it's not. England are in the World Cup semi-final. The first time in 28 years. Where is that Russian introduction music? Welcome, 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 welcome to another episode of Born Offside. I feel like singing something. I feel like, uh, uh, you know, doing some kind Mate, of... Mate, don't invite me to sing. Don't invite me to sing. I'm in you a singing me. mood. Yeah. <laughs> you were in, well, you were in one hell of a singing, singing mood after the uh, Columbia match. Uh, but um, are you in as much of a singing mood today as you were after the Columbia match. I mean, it's, uh, no, no, no. This is, more, yeah. this is more astonishment now. I came out of the pub last night and I asked several people, what do I do? What, what, <laughs> what, what, is, what is the correct procedure from here on in? I mean, I can remember being in a... In a mate, we're totally skipping through your intro. I can remember being in, um, in, a, in a semi-final of the World Cup, but I was eight. Uh, and um, that was the World Cup in 1990. And that was my first real kind of foray into football full stop. So as an eight-year-old, I thought that this, this kind of thing was just, you know, that's what happened. England were good and we went into semifinals of competitions. I haven't had the <laughs> years of disappointment and hurt that came after. Since you were eight. Because you can <laughs> yes. forgive a couple of, you can, forgive, <laughs> you can forgive a couple of World Cups, right? After your age, you're like... Oh, 12, oh, you know, 16. Oh, well, when, when I was 14... Now. What's going on, you I know? Was, <laughs> when I was 14, I got, we got into the semifinals of the, uh, of the Euros, and, you know, uh, which Gareth uh, Southgate had a very prominent role in. Um, <laughs> but, like, I, you know, I thought, okay, once every six years we make it to the semifinals of a major tournament, and then we lose to the Germans on penalties. Um, and, you know, at that time, I was very angry about losing to the Germans on penalties. Um, sure. But... You know, it that was much better than what followed <laughs> between 1996 <laughs> and this year. It's been horrible. I mean, uh, really, let me choose. Let me highlight some of the lows. Um, we we once lost a game to Italy in the European Championships, which was again a quarterfinal. And during that game, Andrea Pirlo had more possession oh. of the ball than we did. Like the stats came out <laughs> after the game. It was like Italian possession, 33%. England possession, 32%. Andrea Pirlo possession, 34 <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I miss Pirlo. I miss him. Yeah. Oh, I do as well. Uh, we lost to Iceland. There's another low for you. Um, there you go. Um, we got walloped 4-1 by Germany and Bloemfontein. Meza Ozil, and we didn't know this at the time, but Meza Ozil out-sprinted our defence. That tells you how bad our defence was. <laughs> Meza Ozil did them for pace. You're... You're only going for the for the ones where you've actually uh, been knocked out of stuff as well. There's been some horrible, yeah stuff we didn't qualify. Uh, Ninety four, we didn't qualify. Two thousand eight, we didn't. Yeah. Two thousand and eight, oh, we lost to Croatia three oh. two, and oh, oh God, that was fairly ridiculous, <laughs> horrible. It's been pretty bad. I mean, you can you can even look uh, back to Brazil last year and uh, uh, last year, Mate, sorry, last Brazil, World Cup. And, Brazil last know. World Cup, we went home with a grand total of one point, <laughs> two goals. We couldn't be bloody Costa Rica. We were out of the World Cup. Oh. 
dear. Yeah, it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't the best, was it? Um, uh, I, I, I don't know. It's um, you know. Well, let's let's get into all of this. Um, uh, first of all, like you said, we <laughs> we sort of skipped the intro on this and went straight into it. Uh, we might uh, might as well just sort of say it very quickly. Uh, we're we're obviously covering the two uh, quarterfinals, the 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 remainder uh, remaining two quarterfinals that were uh, uh, shown tonight or that were playing tonight: England versus Sweden, and uh, Russia versus Croatia. Uh, England have made it through to the first semi-final of a World Cup um, since 1990. Now, since 1990, that is uh, uh, an, a, an incredible statistic. Uh, let's go back. And we've, we've often said how terrible that we are actually at, uh, at mathematics. Uh, so we're going to go 1990, 2000. I'm going to do it in my head whilst it's 2010. That's 20 plus 28 plus the 8. That's 28 years. So 28 years since we've been in a World World Cup semi-final. Now, there's been a lot of uh, of stuck uh, of of stuff go on, um, but um, uh, uh, it, it's it has all been very very sad. So we'll be covering obviously the world uh, the, the 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 fact that England have gone on through, which is fantastic, and then we'll also be talking very quickly uh, uh, about um, about Russia Croatia. Uh, the Croatians are through. It's a semi-final of England versus Croatia. Uh, the Croatians are through after a heartbreaking penalty shootout for the uh, for the Russians, um, and we'll be talking a little bit about what this has all meant uh, uh, to the Russian people uh, uh, to be hosting what I think in many 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 people's eyes is is considered at this moment in time as one of the uh, most outstanding uh, World Cups uh, of recent history. So, um, uh, so without further ado, let's get straight into it. And uh, and Dave, I think we're going to just uh, uh, we'll, we'll go into it. I'm going to take a sort of pragmatical, pragmatic sort of uh, uh, a view of this all. And and uh, once again, as, as as we've sort of stated many many a time. Uh, over this, I'm actually I'm more Portuguese than I am English, so I take a slightly different view than uh, than many people do, uh, or what English people do, uh, which I must uh, admit it probably sounds a bit weird for people to listen to me going, "Well, he's he sounds pretty British, you know, sounds pretty English, you know, why is he, you know?" But it's, it's the truth of it is is that yeah, like I said, the blood is Portuguese, so it's uh, a little bit difficult for me to to turn around and start supporting England. I do support them a little bit, but Dave, I'm gonna, uh, um, I'll, I'll be as honest as I possibly can, as an, a partisan as I possibly can, obviously knowing full well how excited that you are to be in the first semi-final uh, uh, in 28 years of a World Cup. So without further ado, very quickly, um, was this, there was such tension and such drama in, in the Columbia match. And suddenly this one's almost felt a bit of a, he's uh, gone through, you know, with, with, it was just a breeze, this one, wasn't it? Uh, this game. What do you think? Um, you, breeze. Uh, <laughs> sorry, man. I was just taking a moment there to, to appreciate the word breeze. Um, <laughs> <laughs> was it, is it? I don't, I don't. Do you want, do you want me was, to be, do you want me to be honest about yes, this? Tell me, tell me what you thought, because I'm, I'm it, watching okay. the game in a pub. Yeah. With with my yeah. England glasses on, and my I mean, yes. there was a pocket of Sweden fans over to my right who were getting very yep. excited anytime Sweden got near the goal. And one of my main concerns during the game was that when they were to have a chance on goal and not score it, I would then stand up and tell them to calm down. 
I mean, I said it in, <laughs> in a much less polite way than that. Like, you know, I wasn't calmed down. There were some expletives in there. Um, but yeah. you, you are in a different mental mind place. You than are, you are, completely. Then, you know, so, I mean, so mate, yeah. go ahead. Tell me what you thought was the story of the game or what happened. <laughs> okay. So here's, here's my thoughts. And here's my, my, just, my sort of just rolling motion of what happened during the game. The game started and I almost fell asleep within the first five minutes. And uh, so five to, I think between five and seven or eight minutes, I actually had my eyes closed. It was very difficult for me to stay awake. I then proceeded to almost fall asleep three more times during the game. And not even any of the England goals could really spark me out of this zombified boredom that I was <laughs> going through. It was probably one of the least inspiring football matches that I have uh, had to sit down and, and watch full stop regardless of the fact that it was at this world cup it was um and i've said to a few mates of mine surely it's going to rank as as one of the worst uh, uh football matches to watch as a partisan viewer as a, as a non-england or sweden viewer uh, uh of the quarterfinals of a world cup ever um i t- i mean i i get what you mean it wasn't. It wasn't as action packed and as thrilling and as. Ex- I don't think it was one of the worst quarterfinals ever. I mean, there were two goals in it for a start. There were uh, Pickford saves. There was some instant. But and I'm going to lay the blame for this entirely at the door of Sweden. But they play in such a way that they do try and nullify you first, and then yes, and, and then, then they'll was- come out and try and do something afterwards and, and right, that's what this, we saw right? that's what we saw yeah for me this game was very much like watching watching when Tottenham have to go away to West Brom and that's what Sweden obviously here are West Brom and they were just you know they just try and nullify you first they play intelligently they're strong I thought that they were in a way just as filthy as Colombia but they were just calmer about their filthiness like, so like, you know, once they left one in on you or, or once that they, they did something a little bit sneaky, they would just, you know, calmly walk away. Whereas. Walk away. Yeah. I saw, I saw that, I saw that on a few occasions, actually, especially in the second half, but I think that was more born out of frustration. There certainly wasn't the same amount of crap that went on in the first half. I thought the first half was a very fair uh, matchup between the two of them, between two sides, which were actually um, uh, almost, Kind of similar on a, on a on on a level in in terms of quality. Uh, I I think England just were just a little bit better than Sweden, but I'm sorry, not much. Uh, they really weren't. Yeah, I think I know. I would challenge any team though to play that Sweden team and look exceptional because they they play in such a way to to slow the game down, nullify, hassle, harry. They defend very deep. You know, that's not a, a high line. They pressed on occasion, but the back four are never too far up the field. Um, and I think we can see that from the results they've had. Like, they outqualified um, the Netherlands. They beat Italy in a the playoff. They've, they've put Germany out, mate, Germany are out. Uh, they, they, you know, they beat France in, in qualification. So I, I just don't think there's going to ever be a team that goes and plays a fully up for it Sweden team and, and rampages past them 4-0. It's just, I don't think that it's possible to do that against that team. They're well-organized, disciplined. They work hard for each other. They're a pain in the ass to play against. Uh, and I think that's kind of what made the game dull. And it, yeah, and it was a close game. I mean, Pickford had to make three top quality saves 
Uh, and I can't think of too many incidences of England, you know, not taking it. Obviously, Sterling in the first half had, had a bit of a big one. Uh, but, I, yeah, I get what you mean. It wasn't the most inspiring game. It wasn't the most fantastic um, performance, but it was a very mature performance, I felt. And England continued to play. They didn't panic. They, they stuck to the... They, the worrying thing for me is they started the game badly and they started the second half badly too. But once they got over those 10-minute spells, they were, I thought they were quite comfortably better and they knew that they were better than Sweden and it was just a case of getting the goals. The, the strange thing for me is the first goal came from a set piece. I thought if any team would be able to you know, out set pieces or live with this from set pieces, it would be Sweden. But no one seems to be able to handle big Harry Mack. And that's what well, I'm calling him now, it, big Harry Mack. <laughs> and this is, this is something that... Uh, that obviously is uh, has become a, an obvious apparent weapon uh, for the England squad now, and uh, and everybody seems to know it now. It, it's not something that's that's abnormal for for an England football team. Set pieces have always been uh, a very important and known way to be able to 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 get goals um but it's almost like they may have tried to change things over the past 10 to 20 years uh to see if they can actually play football a little bit more and now here comes a a, a manager who is advocating uh a playing out from the back in the way that a lot of the premier league teams are now top premier league teams are now doing yet their most powerful weapon is is a set piece um, and they've just come strong with these set pieces, isn't it? I mean, it, it will be no surprise whatsoever uh, if England are to make it through against Croatia in the next semi-final, if they are, that in all likelihood, 90% a chance, that goal will come from a set piece. And then it will, it will all be about discipline and whether or not they can actually hold on. Um, but Southgate said this in one of his press conferences that there are some teams out there that we commonly associate with, with playing glorious football. So, for example, just on the national level, the, I think the two kind of exceptional teams for the last decade or so have been Germany, who obviously won the last World Cup and always were getting to the semifinals. And then, of course, Spain, who, who dominated. If you go back and look at some of the big matches, um, when... In 2010, when Spain beat Germany in the semi-final, it was a Carlos Poyol header from a corner. If you look at mm. uh, that, um, when Germany famously in 2010, you remember when they beat Argentina 4-0, that Diego Maradona coached Argentina team, and everyone was thinking that was, you know, it was going to be kind of a close game. Uh, mm. the, the first goal they scored was a, was a Podolski header from, from a set piece out wide. Set pieces have been, you know, I'm not, I'm not, you know, handing you any revelation by saying that set pieces are important, but they're important for teams that play good football too. I mean, even in the game against Russia, Spain scored from, from a set piece. Uh, it's, it's something that good teams do. And I, I, I get that there's this kind of Sam Allardyce type, because, you know, he's obviously someone who places more emphasis on set pieces than anyone ever been born. But just because Sam Allardyce does it doesn't mean that that automatically makes you a bad team. Mate, I've now had a horrible feeling. Do we have to give Sam Allardyce some kind of that, perhaps no, this love of no, set pieces? No, no, no credit. Okay. No, don't you no. even go there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, look, um, <clears throat> on the positives side of the England performance, 
Uh, there weren't any. So let's move to Russia versus <laughs> Croatia. Don't I'm so evil. I'm so evil. It really is. Like, no, no, no. Uh, you've, yeah. you've, uh, watched, you've watched England over the years. <laughs> and one thing for me watching them was when we were, you know, when we were two nil up, we didn't retreat into our own box. You know, Sweden weren't all over us in that last 10, 15 minutes. If anything, we should have had a few goals on the counter. We didn't retreat. We didn't panic. They have a plan mm. and they play to the plan. It's, I mean, yes. it might not be the best plan that's ever been, but it's working for the moment. And they, they don't panic. They don't get scared. John Stones is John Stones. Everyone's you know, before this tournament always talked, oh, John Stones is a liability. He's going to give the ball away at any moment. He's terrible. He can't defend. John Stones has been immense. I can't remember well, John we, Stones we, giving we, the ball away once. That. Yeah, we said, yeah. I'm not sure if anyone else did. I thought it was just us. <laughs> <laughs> it's just you. No, there's lots of, media, lots of media outlets saying, lots of media outlets saying, you know, John True. Stones didn't finish the, the season in the City team, did he? He lost his place to Otamendi and company. He, he wasn't playing for Manchester City. Uh, and Laporte but, as well. Yeah, and Laporte. And, and probably it's to his benefit because he seems fresh to me. But I think John Stones has been absolutely terrific. Uh, but he's certainly not the player that's kind of taking, if, if anything, it's Harry Maguire goes on these, these runs. And obviously Kyle Walker is a risk every time he gets the ball. Mate, on the, <laughs> on the Kyle Walker fuck up, did you see it? It happened about seven minutes in. <laughs> <laughs> I did, I did. It was great. Um, we saw one moment of Kyle Walker where he sprinted for what seemed like a lost cause with a ball that may have been going out for a, a goal kick. Uh, sorry, a, a corner uh, for Sweden uh, in, in the sort of second half and geez he was fast he was really fast uh, I, I was yeah I was very very surprised I'm sure that when he you know he sped through that and I think he's at his happiest when he's running at top speed it's like Forrest Gump as soon as he stops he's, he's very confused doesn't know what's going on and I think his, his teammates need to start uh, you know, uh, uh, identifying this and telling him just to run, you know, and uh, regardless of which direction he's going on, even if the ball is on the opposite side of the corner flag or something, just just do a little run, mate. Just do a little run. Go on. Go let one side of the pitch to the other, no, as in side to side. Don't don't go up to, into attack, but just, you know. Um, yeah, fair or uh, go over to the pitch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but look, I, I am going to be I am going to be positive about a, a couple of things. Hard though it, it is a, a little bit to be, because um, I'm going to be negative about them as well. So uh, so on, get man. ready. Uh, but I'm going to be positive. Um, Martin Keown has compared Harry Maguire to Bobby Moore. <laughs> that's too far. That's way too far. For a start, Bobby no, Moore was was famously quite small for a defender, wasn't he? Harry Maguire, uh, yeah. No, he's a, he is a, he's a giant. And, and uh, no, it just shows that Martin Keown doesn't really know what he's talking about, but that's okay. He's uh, an ex-Arsenal uh, 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 weirdo. So, um, no, no, on, on, on the positive side, I am uh, happy with, with that back line. I am impressed with that, with that back line for England. Um, and I'm tr I think that, you know, uh, in, in terms... The only thing is, I don't, I'm not sure that they've really been tested uh so far you know this 
match now coming up against Croatia. Um, this will be the first time that, they, that they're going to be tested, really, when you think about it. And it's amazing to think that they've reached the semi-final of a World Cup and they haven't even been tested yet. But that's just how it's, there's, there's these echoes of Portugal uh, uh, two years ago. Portugal was exactly the same. They went through all of these, um, these matches. Admittedly, some of them were a bit tough during the group stages and everything. But really, they were not that hard matches. You know, they weren't that tested uh, until... The final until we got to against Russia uh, uh, against France and uh, um, all we did was play horrible football and nullify everybody and uh, and and then get through. So I'm I'm a little bit worried uh, about whether or not England will be able to to sustain um, a very very strong Croatia team. Um, although yeah, we'll we'll discuss that and how they performed against Russia uh, and how they performed in their previous. Uh, uh, match as well in a second um, but I, I must admit I think that is the one thing that sort of concerns me a little bit uh, uh, you know that we haven't been tested but I am I am happy with that with that back line um, you know I was gonna say Matthew Upson for a second there sorry John Stones they look stunning uh, John Stones Walker and um, uh, Stones Walker and uh, Maguire out the back there they've, they've become the, that cornerstone of this British uh, of this English team and I think, you know, they can probably chop and change a little bit. Um, uh, uh, me, I'd, I'd personally like to see the arrival of a, of a couple of players. Uh, it was nice to see Dali Ali get, get his goal. I think, look by the looks of things, he's not yet 100% fit. Um, Sterling, we, we need to, I think, talk about very quickly um, uh, because we're, we're not sure. But before we talk about Sterling and... and, and um, uh, and some of the others as well. Um, I'd like just to quickly touch on, on on Jordan Pickford for the three saves that he made, because what it felt like to me was that this match was not really that much of an issue. Um, we dominated and controlled until the second half, where Sweden came out much stronger, and Pickford pulled off three uh, outstanding saves. I think you know, really outstanding. Yeah, I mean the the first one. The first one is a very good save. So that's the from Berg's header. The first one's a very good save. That that chance, I was extremely angry at, about it at the time because that seemed like the England players coming out from halftime and not being awake, right? Because um, Maguire's lost a header at the back post to Marcus Berg. Sorry, but Maguire shouldn't be losing a header to Marcus Berg at the back post. He's, he's got a huge advantage on him. He's very good mm. in the air. If he's positioned properly, he shouldn't be losing a header to Marcus Berg. And Pickford's made a very good save, but I have to say it's a save that he should make. Right? It's, it's, it's a very good save. Obviously, he's a top quality keeper. There's no chance on earth that I'd be getting anywhere near that header. Like, but, <laughs> but, but, but for a keeper of his quality, I, I thought it was really one he should make. The, for me, the second save was the, was the impressive one because the speed at which that yeah. Sweden attack was happening, and it was a very well-crafted Sweden it, it attack. It was I a thought. beautiful attack. Yeah, yeah, it was really nice. And he got down very, very smartish, and then got up very smartish as well to make sure that he got both of, both of those. And Henderson, Henderson made a quality block in there as well. Like, I think that's gone missed a little yes. bit. Henderson true, true. really, you know, backed up his mate. Jordan, the Jordans, the Mackham Jordans. Mate, how many people... <laughs> How many people from that part of the world, that kind of little Sunderland, Newcastle enclave? I think they're actually both Sunderland, aren't they? They're both, they're both Mackhams. Um, they yeah, certainly maybe, both yeah. play for Sunderland. I'm not sure if Henderson was born and raised in, in Sunderland, but certainly he's from that part of the world. How many people called Jordan 
are there in that area? There can't be that many. <laughs> there's probably, yeah, there's probably a couple out there, isn't there, really? <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. Um, well, yeah, I, no, it's, we were speculating yeah. about how many people were going to be called Harry. Harry, uh, that's true. I think, I think in, in, in Sunderland, uh, this year, pretty much every child, male or female born, is going to be called Jordan. Like it's, it's, uh, <laughs> it's a thing that's going to happen. What what I'm excited to to sort of see actually in in, in many ways as well is the the coming good of 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 uh, Pickford uh, in that I think you know he's he's not um, necessarily been tested that much in 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 the previous matches that we've that we've had you know okay let two in against Belgium and uh, you know he had a you know didn't really have much choice or uh, much to be able to do about the Panama goal. And, uh, you know, he hasn't, I don't think he's been tested as much as he was tested in this game, you know, with mm-hmm. a couple of very high profile saves that he needed to make. Um, okay. And of course, we've, he, the heroics that he, uh, he displayed during, during the Columbia match uh, uh, are there. But I think these, these were different. You know, these were in open play. Um, he needed to be on the ball. We needed to see what he was like. Um, and I think he's, you know, he's, it, it, it was wonderful to see him. I think he's, he was probably, I'd say probably man of the match uh, because of those saves. Um, but I'm, I'm excited to see if now he'll come into his own and he'll have an absolute, you know, smashingly beautiful, wonderful game against Croatia and help England to get through to the final. One, one thing that I would like to add in is his distribution, like his quality yes. of passing with the yeah, ball at his yeah. feet is is exceptional and and i said previously that's why southgate has picked him and i thought in the sweden game more than any other game before that was clearly evident uh i dare i say it mate some of his passes were like um edison is it edison who plays for manchester city that's right yes yes they were edison-esque like pinging the ball out to to trippier who was hugging the touchline you know 50 yard passes like off of his wrong foot first time Pinging him, he also found Ashley Young with a with a couple of beauties. I thought, yeah, none of these are David James ex- uh, scoops, you know. <laughs> Mate, can you can you imagine if Joe Hart was still there? I mean, oh, Joe Hart no. one can't save anything that goes to his left, and two can't distribute a ball to save his life. So, uh, yeah, I think it was a, a massively advantageous thing to have I, I know exactly the pass that you're talking about as well where he passed out with his left foot out to Trippier who was on the line uh, I, I'm pretty sure anyway that I know it was in the second half and it was a, a kind of bullet pass and it but it, it was a bullet pass but it was it also had curve on it curl on it and it went around the Swedish attacker who was bearing down on him and trying to cut the line of pass and he was able like suddenly England found themselves under a bit of pressure and he got the ball out and wide, and it was just beautiful. No, I, I thought he, he did – that was – I was very impressed with that pass. Um, he's he, – it's, it's going to be very interesting uh, to see, uh, uh, you know, the, the, the rest of these uh, two games. I was listening to, to Southgate saying, uh, you know, ha- having his interview after the game, and he was saying, well, you know, we're here for another week now. You know, now it's up to us to decide which two games we're going to – we're going to have two games – and it's up to us to decide which two games we're going to be playing in, which is Mate, great. We all, know, we all know that you and I are particularly looking forward to the third, fourth playoff. Uh, everyone who <laughs> subscribes to this podcast, get ready. That is going to be our jubilant last show. <laughs> I think we shan't even bother doing the final, mate. We're all about the third, fourth playoff. And we have, we have a number of other, uh, other things that I think we should, be, uh, we should be covering about this World Cup. We've, 
sort of you know gone gone this is episode 23 mate this is unbelievable you know we've we've managed to get this far and um and and i, I think and it's all been talking about football and, and about other silly other things as well but we've got a couple of ideas of, of different things that we need to be talking about as well so uh um so yeah but um but yeah look uh uh just i think before we finish off um uh, I'm, i am curious about what you think about uh and on a on a very serious note very serious note because that's what we're here to do uh-huh. serious uh is 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 raheem sterling and the state of raheem sterling and what are we gonna do and what is gareth southgate gonna do is he gonna do anything at all and what does he bring to this team i mean like I could probably answer the question in a way that I want to know, but I want to know what you think. Uh, uh, what does he stick, or does he does he twist and uh, and go with with Rashford, or maybe even put Deli Ali up next to to Kane and bring Sterling off and maybe reinforce the midfield for the next game? Does he change the system? Does he keep going the same way? What do you reckon? I think he'll continue to play him, and I think I would continue to play him. I just would wish that someone can get hold of him in training and teach him how to finish. Because um, <laughs> apart from that, he's actually had a really good performance. He, he moves into, he's clearly, I've, I've been one who, who has been doubtful over whether or not Guardiola improved him. Everyone was like, oh, Guardiola's made him much better. And I always thought, well, not really. He's playing at the same level. Guardiola's just improved everything else around him. And so we're, we're remembering that he can be quite a good player again. He has always, always, always struggled to finish. And Guardiola hasn't improved that. If, if a manager ever does manage to improve it, he's gonna, Sterling is going to have a Salah-type season, like a 40-goal mm. plus, plus, because... Uh, I remember when Tottenham played Manchester City um, in both games last year. I mean, if, if I think Sterling across those two games got one goal. If he'd got seven goals in those two games, it would have been totally, totally possible because he'd had really high level of chances round the keeper and missed open goals, tap-ins that have flashed across him. Had, he misses some horrendous chances. He really does. But everything else, and I think this is what Guardiola really has improved with him, is his movement is really good and his knowledge of when to come short and make the option and when to go long in behind is really good and England have to have someone playing up with Kane who's as quick as Sterling I mean obviously Rashford is there but I think Rashford isn't quite as intelligent as Sterling as in when to make those runs and when to when to drop in and bring other people into it Rashford obviously clearly without any doubt is a far better finisher than, than Sterling is. Rashford's a very good finisher. But I know Sterling is so frustrating to watch. I, I mean, I, going back to last night in the pub, I was constantly having to defend him. Um, and he really is, for me, one of those players that when he puts on the English shirt, it's, it's, like, um, it's like your family, right? Or, or, or your, con- your country. You can criticize them, but, but God forbid anyone else even <laughs> try and do it. And there was, a, there, was a, there was a gentleman who was like, take him off, take him off. I was like, shut up. He's doing his best. He's a delicate flower. You leave him alone. Um, <laughs> because he's, he's trying, and you can see the Swedish defense are pet, were petrified of him. Like the first time he ran him behind, you can see them all thinking, 
he's so much faster than any of us. He's going to punish us. And they had to sit deep. And, and that, for example, is what allowed Lingard to play the ball in for, for Ali's second goal. If you look at that second goal, Lingard is in an acre of space. He shouldn't have that much space at the top of the box to put the ball mm. in like that. Mm. And it's because yeah. they're petrified of Sterling in on, on, on the run behind. It's just, mm. can we spend, when is the next game? It's Wednesday night, isn't it? Can we yeah. just spend... From now to then, no more other kind of training. Just have Sterling finishing. Just him and Harry go off with, I don't know, Nick Pope, who's not busy in any other way, and just like have him endlessly trying to put the ball in the back of the net. And if he fails, like Harry can kick him in the head. Like we can, we can deface his gun tattoo or just something until he can learn how to finish. Because if he could finish, I mean, he'd be an exceptional player if he knew what to do when to pass and when to shoot and how to shoot. He would be fantastic. You know, the world would be scared of him. Um, but unfortunately, until he gets that goal, he's, he's going to be, he's going to be criticized. It was, it yeah. was me. It was a very interesting contrast because I thought Deli Ali, who did get a goal, at least on the ball was poor off the ball. He's, mm. he's very good. He's having to adjust to a position that he doesn't normally play for with, with Tottenham. He doesn't play in the, in the center of midfield. It's where he started his, career he played for MK Dons there and he has played at times for Tottenham there but essentially about a year ago Pochettino moved him and played him in a kind of number 10 role just behind the off off Harry Kane and he's not playing there he's playing he's playing deeper I think he's a player who has the tools to do that he's got a great engine he's tactically disciplined but on the ball yesterday Ali had a poor game there was a couple of times where he should have slipped people in with three balls and he didn't do it Uh, but obviously he when he came off, he almost seemed, I don't know why, but I've heard a lot of uh, uh, podcasts uh, uh, and uh, a, a lot of interviews and everything. And people heaping uh, praise on Deli Ali, saying, oh, he's arrived. You could see how much it meant to him to score that goal. I don't know. When I looked at him, I almost thought he was a bit sheepish, almost as if he felt like he didn't deserve to score a goal. If anyone, Raheem Sterling had been doing all the running recently and he was the one who deserved to, to do it, right? And even when he came off, because Ali got subbed, he almost seemed a bit sheepish. Again, he was almost like embarrassed, you know, at, at his display. He'd scored a goal, but it, I think he knew that his display and his performance in that England shirt was really not that good. Uh, yeah, he, uh, know, he said as much. He said... He said as much as if you, if, you check the, if you check the interviews, I think it's the one with Gabby Logan. Uh, you know, she starts off the interview with a very positive tone to say, you know, Delhi, great, you've, you've arrived. And the first words out of his mouth, well, yeah, I didn't play all that well. Like, okay, yeah. I th- mm. You know, which I think is a good thing that he knows he hasn't played well and he's not trying to cover it up. I think or, he knew or, when he came off. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. He, he, was, he was embarrassed to be, you know, because, you know, World Cup goals. You know, he can he's now he can now add that to his, uh, 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 you know, to his resume. That is something else. You know, to score a World Cup goal is, is is a very special thing, and and I think that he probably felt like there were others in the team who deserved a World Cup goal, like Harry Maguire when he got his. You know, fantastic. And there was there's no way anyone can say he didn't deserve to score a goal. You know, uh, a World Cup goal. Uh, but I think that's what he thought. So, um, so that's why I, I think I, I mentioned it right at the beginning of the show. I hope Ali does arrive on the scene it, because he's been taken off the last two games. He missed, uh, obviously, the Belgium match. And um, uh, did he miss the match before yes, that? He missed the, remember, he missed, yes, he missed the Panama yeah. match with, with this dice oh, strain. I mean, I, and I've yeah. been saying all the way through that, that Delhi is a moments player. 
um, but mm-hmm. but still, he's not quite at the at the level he he, he can be. Right. But it's very That's interesting, right. very interesting that he scores the goal and doesn't do much else, and everyone else is like Deli Ali's arrived. Sterling has a great performance, but can't put the cherry on top of the cake, and everyone's like, Rashford's got to come yeah. in. Yeah, you know, like yeah. so for me, for me, I I would continue with both of them. Uh, um, because I think Sterling's playing well and he just needs that last thing. And Ali, because hopefully, you know, he's got the confidence. And also Ali, I don't think we have another player in the squad like him. Like Dyer for Ali is a very defensive step. Um, I'm not mm. quite sure. And perhaps Delph is a bit more dynamic than, than, than but he's certainly not a goal scorer in the, in the mold that, that Deli Ali is. So I, I feel like you have to pick him because otherwise it's a, a very defensively backward step. Although that might not be a, a horrendous idea with the, with, the midfield, with the midfield that Croatia have. But we can come mm. on to that in, in, in the preview. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, and that is a, it's going to be a fascinating thing to see whether or not you know, Gareth actually changes the system or not. A system that he's had in place since day one uh, uh, for this game. So we'll, we'll see. All right. Um, well, let's head off for a little bit of a break because I think we're still, we'll still be discussing a little bit of England a little bit later on in this one. Uh, and when we come back from our break, we'll, uh, we'll have a quick chat about Russia versus Croatia. From Russia, with love, it had to be. From Russia, with death, would not have been much fun. Thank you, Russia, for what you have given us. Now give me all your vodka. Welcome back. And uh, Russia versus Croatia um, is was the last quarterfinal of the 2018 World Cup, and the hosts Russia were hoping to uh, uh, to, to keep the dream alive uh, and to, to to keep moving on and uh, progressing through on what has been this extraordinary ride, really, for a team lowest ranked in the FIFA uh, FIFA rank- rankings, and also a team that uh, pretty much everybody certainly in Russia anyway, put no hope on being able to progress through to the next stages. Dave, um, how, uh, how, how big a game was this and, uh, and how sad is it to see Russia, Russia depart? It was a huge game. Uh, uh, it's always a huge game when the, when the hosts of a World Cup uh, are playing and you always want the hosts to do well. And they had already done well. They surpassed expectations to get out the group let alone to uh, beat one of the favorites in, in Spain and, and get to this stage also it's a nation of incredible size I mean they must be pretty much the biggest country to ever have hosted a World Cup so it means that makes it huger if you get my point because the country is huger uh, I'm not even sure if huger is a word but uh, it is now, it, it is now. <laughs> and your question was about how huge it was and it was extra huge because Russia is extra huge is my, <laughs> is my point there um, and what's, it, was what's a, it done for what's it done for the Russian people what do you think it's done for, for, for them as well as and 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 how has it put them onto the world stage as well do you uh, do you see Russia in a different way uh, uh, do you uh, I see think them it's in a way at all I think it's done this thing that um, anyone who ever travels anywhere and goes anywhere, when you, when you get there and you, and you mingle with the local people, you realize that they're, they're people, 
right? That they're still people. Like their regime might be horrible and corrupt and uh, poison people, or you know, it might be really lovely. Like their leader might be that fella in Canada with the socks, but it, that <laughs> whatever that may be, it's not representative of the people. And I think one of the good things that has come out of this World Cup is that we have all realized, oh, Russians are people. They're not all KGB agents with, with Kalashnikovs. They're, you know, they're actual people, some of these, um, which, which I think is, you know, one of the great things. It, I, for me, it doesn't change all that much. You know, the regime is still corrupt and horrible and, and, and does some pretty atrocious things. Um, but it, the people, I think, were always, a, a, you know, a jolly good set of lads. Uh, and lasses. Um, well, I think so. I, I heard something not too dissimilar actually from a mate of mine who went to Germany during the World Cup when it was there, and how that he he'd been, you know, he's a, he's he's a bit of a, you know, a, a love him, God bless his cotton socks. He's he's one of, one of my very very good friends, but he's a, a little bit of um, cracky. What's the expression that the Koreans use for? Or, or that some people, is it a hermit or, or, you know, someone who stays in their country and doesn't leave, you know, and just sort of stays there. But anyway, it's, uh, he, he was one of those people. He'd never, never gone overseas. I think he may have gone to Spain once or twice or whatever. And then he went to, he decided to go to Germany during the World Cup. And, and he was so fascinated because and he came back and he said, you know, oh, all this preconception about Germans and, uh, you know, what we think and what we perceive of the Germans completely non-founded. You know, they were just just humans like you and me, just people, they enjoyed a good beer, they loved to go to the pub, they, you know, they were just... It's incredible, isn't it, when British people yeah. go on holiday and we realise that other people like beer. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, right. Well, these, these humans, humans, like with a, you know, a head and arms and legs and a torso, it's just weird. I thought they were aliens, but anyway. And they like beer, mate, can you do it? They like beer. They, like beer. they do? No, they do, <laughs> do they? <laughs> Oh dear! Um, how how um, let's uh, let's let's get on to the game quickly because what 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 a match you know when we when we talk about Great all match. the matches that we've had uh, so far what what a match this one um, first of all with the very first with, with with the first goal from probably arguably the player of the of the nation uh, player of the team because he's uh, he's just come out and I think nobody really knew very much about him uh, Denis Shcherbakov with a an, an, an absolutely fantastic goal. Uh, worldie, after mate, that, that was a worldie. It was a lovely goal. Uh, and I thought, honestly, when he scored that, I thought, well, Russia are on their way here. Because, I don't know, to me, Croatia were looking leggy. Um, and they looked a bit leggy during the, during the Denmark game. That Croatia are clearly a team that don't like to play against other well-organized, disciplined teams. I think against Denmark, they struggled. Uh, they, they obviously had a lot of fun against Argentina because Argentina don't play with any form of <laughs> structure whatsoever. Um, and, and Croatia themselves have, have quite a, a kind of strong structure, a very distinct shape to their play. But mm. I felt that when, when Cherishev scored it, and it was a worldie, and it did kind of set the game alight a bit, I thought... Honestly, I thought that they'd probably go on to win because I thought... To win it. Yeah. Well, Croatia, I didn't see them having the mental fortitude to come back, but they unquestionably did. They got back into it really quite quickly. Uh, and that's something that we saw in the Denmark game too. They, they conceded a goal within, what, a minute and a half of the Denmark mm. 
Denmark game and they were back in it a minute and a half or maybe two minutes later. So I think this is clearly a Croatian team with some mental fortitude. You look at Modric missing a penalty against Denmark and then scoring a penalty in the shootout. So I don't think that we can question that, which is bearing in mind the fact that this is a team that, unlike England's team, the people back home in Croatia are still not connecting with this team. They, they still, you know, they're still kind of 50-50 split between those who think that it, it's a team that's representative of the nation and those who think it's a bunch of perjurers, um, <laughs> which it is. It's just a case of whether or not you, you can forgive that. Um, sorry, getting, getting, back to the, getting back to the football. Uh, but I thought kind of Russia would go on to win it. Um, then it was one all, and it was, you know, cagey essentially for the rest of the game. Disciplined, well run, um, mm. And then we had some extra time uh, and Croatia looked to have won it and probably deservedly they are, you know, the better technicians. And then the Fernandez fella, mate. Oh, mate. Oh, the <sighs> poor fella. <laughs> he, scored, he scores a header from a corner with, what, five minutes yep. left to go. Uh, and uh, Zhigoyev had put the ball in, who obviously had gone off injured in the first game, but then come back to put the ball in. And we're like 2-2. And then again, I thought, well, they're going to win it now. Yep. You know, they've got all Surely. the momentum they're back into it they're at home like taking penalties in your home stadium is a proven advantage to have sure. you know all of those people up. But, but but again going back to Croatia versus Denmark I thought that when that game went to penalties oh Denmark are, are going to win this like yeah they've had the opportunity Croatia to win they've blown it through Modric missing the penalty Schmeichel is a beast no one's going to get and, and Schmeichel still did um, save a whole bunch of penalties but this Croatian team again against Russia found a way to, to win and whatever else happens what is clear is that Ivan Rakitic if he gets to take the last penalty it's going in that man is <laughs> as cool as it comes did you know mate that he almost played for Switzerland oh my goodness right no no I didn't I didn't um, I believe I believe he was, if not born, but certainly raised in Switzerland with Croatian parents. And uh, um, Slavon Bilic was telling a story of how he flew over to Switzerland to speak to Rakitic's parents and went, look, he's Croatian. He's got to play for Croatia. So if nothing else made me hate Slavon Bilic, that <laughs> <laughs> is making me hate Slavon Bilic. <laughs> Oh dear! Oh, he's a, no, he's a, he's a fantastic football player. But I mean, look, uh, let, the, with, we've got to discuss the penalties, really, because um, uh, f- first of all, th- there was a number of penalties that we need to we need to just cover very quickly. First of all, uh, uh, the very first one uh, was uh, the the Panenka attempt uh, oh, by Smolarov. It's uh, uh, you know. We haven't seen any this World Cup, have we? I don't think, anyway. We've not seen any. Uh, the last one, and, uh, and obviously one of, one of the most beautiful ones that I, re- I recall even watching, I'm sure that I've, there's been thousands since then. But of course, it's, it's, it's the uh, Andrea Pirlo one. Uh, Andrea Pirlo, we always remember everything he does. That Panenka, uh, uh, that Panenka that was Penenka almost sexual. Was oh. very, very, and you know, and the way he d- executed it was, 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 was perfection. Now, with the Panenka, um, you can, you've got a couple of things that you, you need to do uh, uh, with the Penenka. And uh, that is, you, you need to be confident, of course, you know, uh, in, in the way that you take it. You need to be able to get your foot under the ball in a chipping sort of motion, 
in such a way that you don't spanner it right and make it go over the bar now because when you're putting your when you're chipping the football you're chipping the football and you're losing all that power uh, uh, to it. So if you overcompensate and try to give it more power, uh, there's a good chance that you might end up actually hitting it and putting it over the bar. So it's a very, it's not an easy skill to... to Mate, uh, you've to, missed off one important do. ingredient. When you penenka, you also have to make the goalkeeper believe that you're not going to penenka it. I mean, True. that's... that's yeah. That's the, the trade-off, right? Because if a goalkeeper, for, even for a second, becomes aware of the fact that you are going to essentially chip the ball very easily down the middle of the goal, you are yep. fucked. <laughs> because the goalkeeper is going to catch it and make now, you look like a fool. Yeah, there is nothing worse, I think, in this life than the goalkeeper not moving on a penalty and just catching it <laughs> and staring you down as you stare him down and the two of you just looking at each other. There can't possibly be anything worse, any worse feeling for the, for, uh, uh, for the penalty taker. Um, but this one, this particular one, the thing about it was that it was a Panenka, but it was incorrectly executed in that he went for a penenka down the side so toward <laughs> to the left to his left as he was taking it so what happened was supersich guessed away <laughs> then the penenka just came towards him you know and he was like oh, thank you uh, so, okay i'll take that again <laughs> so smolarov basically has 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 really you know he's ah oh, he I don't know. Look, I, these kinds of displeasures, uh, uh, or taking pleasure on, upon other people's displeasures, uh, you know, are things that we should we should probably not be doing so much of. But I think Smolarov is probably feeling like the 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 you know the, the worst that you could possibly ever feel uh, with the, the the whole nation. You, you probably he probably went to bed, you know, and and felt like the whole nation was just, you know, with his eye, with their eyes right on him. I'm sure he probably didn't sleep. Um, it, it would it would have been an absolutely horrible, horrible, horrible penalty to miss, uh, and he he probably regrets it a hell of a lot uh, because all he needed to do, like if you thump it and you miss it, then. Uh, yeah okay, you've thumped it and you've missed it, you know, or if you thump it and it gets saved, it gets saved, you know, okay, that's pretty bad. But doing it this way, this was a, a, a terrible way, you know, to, for it to happen. It was fairly horrible. So, but there's only, one, there's only one other way which I would say is arguably worse. Arguably, but not probably actually. And that is to blast the ball wide, which ah. somehow the Fernandez fella, who obviously had scored that equaliser on top of the world, he... It, uh, oh, it's gone a long way wide. And he's hit it very hard. I mean, not only has it gone very wide, it's got there very quickly. It was, it was um, it, it, tragic. It, ha it was. And yeah, it has to be said that it you know, was, was not a great thing, poor guy, in the circumstances of, of everything that had happened. Scoring that goal and then missing that penalty is just... Yeah, just not a good thing at all. Uh, poor, poor chaps. Um, uh, um, okay. Um, yeah, look, I, I, I feel very bad. I feel very sorry for, 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 for the Russians and for, for the way they went out. Uh, uh, on the, on, on the whole, it, it was something that a lot of people would have predicted. Uh, Croatia going through. Um, so, uh, are we going to say deserved? Croatia deserve being uh, on the basis of, of their performances over the World Cup. They deserve being in the in the semi-finals for this. It's probably just about. 
you two, you two kind of get the feeling that they they peaked against Argentina and have kind of muddled their way through since then. Um, they were very competent against Nigeria. They were very, but even in the Argentina game, they did need that uh, Caballero mistake to 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 get ahead in the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I think that they're a team that has at times played very well and at other times has been quite ordinary. Um, they do seem to have a good team spirit, though. Uh, perhaps this whole controversy about um, them all being a bunch of perjurers has brought them together. If you look at Italy in two thousand, <laughs> Italy in two thousand six, where they were all a bunch of suspected match fixers, uh, that brought well. all of them yep. together. Um, even in nineteen eighty two, when they were a bunch of match fixers, and it wasn't beyond doubt, and Paolo Rossi had just recently come back <laughs> from a ban from fixing matches, that seemed to to galvanise the time. So perhaps there's a there's a team spirit thing that they've got going on behind them. They've clearly got a very very good spine. Subasic is a is a quality keeper. They did have that one moment against Denmark, which wasn't very good. Lovren, uh, although he's a player with problems. Um, you know, is a Champions League well, final kind of well, defender. Yeah. Uh, Modric yeah. and Rakitic are amongst the best in their positions in the world. And, and Mandzukic is a, a wily old campaigner who, uh, you know, will, will score goals. Um, yep. and, and Rebic is a, is a very energetic, fast, uh, direct player, as is Perisic. You know, they've got really Perisic, kind of traditional, oh, yeah. traditional wingers who are fast, um, and, and very direct. So they've still got the makings of, of a team. Uh, they've even got people like uh, Kovacic to, to bring off the bench. So I think, yeah, pretty much deserved, but deserved, but with a feeling like they haven't yet played to their full potential. Hmm. All right, good stuff. Well, um, listen, I think we've done pretty well uh, uh, today on, on our show. Uh, I'm not sure whether or not... Um, uh, we're, we're going to have enough time. I was, I was sort of thinking that hopefully we might take a quick, very quick break and just talk about the semi-final preview very quickly, but only a very, very quick break and a very quick semi-final preview because we're going to come back, I think, on Tuesday and uh, and preview the matches in in detail. But um, but I think we can afford just a uh, uh, just a, a sort of five minutes quick uh, a preview on on the semi-final. So uh, uh, stick with us. We'll be back after this break. <laughs> If I had a dollar for every time someone told me I was as good as Harry Kane, then I would have zero dollars, because I am just a voice synthesizer. Think of me, not being able to be you. I hate you. Thanks. Bye. Here comes part three. All right, and welcome back uh, to uh, Born Offside. We will finish off uh, today with a very quick preview of our of our preview, as as uh, you know, so, so eloquently put there. Dave. Mate, I, I want I want I want to, um, everybody to have a, a little bit of an insight into the preparation that goes into this podcast. Uh, we do have a running order, if you can believe that, that from the way that we talk, <laughs> that such a thing could be possible. Uh, and on the running order, Jay has written the following: France versus Belgium. Baguettes versus Waffles, Pogba versus Fellaini. And then underneath, Croatia versus England. Nice wine versus Chinese food. (laughs) Modric and Rakitic versus Henderson. And then I've added onto the bottom, Perjury versus Harry Kane. (laughs) 
and this this is what we go on you know and this yes. is what, we end up we end up sometimes not talking about any of this but yeah <coughs> um no we've got so we've so got mate, two baguettes uh, yeah <laughs> two fantastic um uh, semi-finals i don't know um <coughs> sorry apologies um First thing, just very quickly, this is the first uh, the first World Cup, uh, or at least one of the first World Cups in, in a very very long time. Anyway, with no South uh, uh, South American uh, uh, contingent in it, it is purely a European uh, uh, affair. How good or bad is that for uh, for football? Do you think? I think it's not a great thing because if it essentially just turns out to be a European Championship, it just means that we should just watch the European Championship all the time. Um, <laughs> So I think it's not a great thing. What's nice mm. is that of the four, I mean, coming into this World Cup, there were four big favorites, Germany, Brazil, France, Spain. And I, for one, had a lot of difficulty separating those four. I was like, but I was very confident that at least three of those four would be here now. We've only got mm. one. And the one mm. that we have is perhaps the, of the four initial favorites, probably the least fancied in France, yes. or at least certainly the one with the most question marks over it right uh, without doubt uh, a generation of, of players who are who are fantastic but with a coach who isn't the most university loved or, or supported and and with you know a, a team that you worry about their mental fragility just look at how they lost to, to Portugal in the in the final um, a Belgium team who again are a, a golden generation of players but but question marks over the coach again that's a very similar matchup in 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 that game in terms of its mm. stars dubious coaches and um some pretty high level instagramming that's that's going to be going on um and then uh i mean mate i hate to say this uh, but are england the feel-good team of this tournament like are they are they the team that's playing without so much pressure that have connected with their fans the, the, the rest of the world is like, I mean, I can't tell you, mate, how many messages I got last night from people who have previously not been messaging me. Like one of them just said, shit, this is getting real. Like, <laughs> like um, I, 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 yeah, I, I was getting messages as well from people that I don't speak to that much, you know, who are suddenly going, you know, or, you know, giving the thumbs up through, uh, through messenger. And I was like, God, I haven't spoken to you in like three and a half years or something, you know? Uh, but uh, it was, you know, I think, not sure whether or not they, they were hearing this podcast or whether they just know how, how avid we are lovers of uh, World Cup. Um, yes, uh, in terms of the feel-good factor thing, when you look at the four nations that are remaining, although Belgium really are, uh, uh, I think, are, are, could probably take England um, uh, to the wire on that one. Uh, but they've got that thing about Martinez being a wannabe, you know? I mean, I'm sorry. Like, you just need to watch Martinez and, you know, trying his hardest to to be one of the boys, you know? It's just not working, you know? Every time he goes anywhere near uh, um, De Bruyne, De Bruyne just wants to shoo him off, you know? Like, uh, you know, some sort of squatty little annoying fly. It's, uh, it, it's pretty damn obvious, I think, anyway, to me. Um, this World Cup has almost been a World Cup of, of turning against their managers, hasn't it, really? Well, obviously, classic Argentina. Uh, I think with, with, with Belgium as well, it's just a kind of weird one. When he comes out and he talks, Martinez, he talks of the Belgian people and he talks of hoping the Belgian people are enjoying themselves back home. And, and he, he talks about the players being proud for Belgium. You know, it doesn't feel like he feels 
he's part of it, you know, and I don't think he's necessarily as totally stupid in the sense that, you know, he, he wouldn't understand that feeling, but I just feel like it's Belgium and Martinez uh, taking on, taking on the world as opposed to a team whereby, uh, because this is, this is obviously everybody in Belgium must be thinking, this is it. You know, we've got a great chance here. And France should fear that. They really should because uh, Belgium do have the firepower to be able to do something here. But certainly, yes, in, in terms of feel-good factor, yes, Eng England would probably be, you know, we've hardly seen any any bad things coming out of the England camp and all the media, you know, and the way it's all been controlled and it's all been done and how a lot of people are talking about how, you know, Southgate has brought this uh, 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 this this sort of style of play, and yeah, yeah, I'd 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 go with you on the feel good factor. Uh, can I put it, however, to you that uh, wouldn't you agree that England are the worst football team out of the remaining four? Uh, yeah, <laughs> probably. Like in sheer terms of ability to play football, yes, yes probably. <laughs> Um, I mean, you've got, that, you've got, let's just look at the central midfielders. Let's just look at the central <laughs> midfielders that are still left in this tournament. Pogba, yep. Matuidi, uh, you've got uh, Dembele, who doesn't even get into the Belgium team. Um, just mentioned Rakitic and Modric. Rakitic yep. and Modric, and then Jordan Henderson. It is... <laughs> <laughs> on his own, on flying the, the flag. Uh, yeah, he's more or less in midfield on his own, isn't he? Well, Jesse Lingard's kind of nominally there. Um, although, although, although they're not Marouane Fellaini. And um, no. uh, one of the great things is I don't think at any point England are going to resort to stick on Marouane Fellaini. Unless, <laughs> unless we've snuck Peter Crouch in there somewhere and we've just not <laughs> noticed him. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, I, I don't think we have. <coughs> no, are you me. sure? Have I, you seen him? I, Where is he? Someone's dead. <laughs> Mate, we'd see the dance. We'd see the dance. Um, no, I think when you, when you look at the four remaining teams, uh, of the four remaining teams, pretty much the worst team in terms of football and the quality of football that they have brought to this tournament, uh, without a doubt, I'm sorry to say, is is England. Because you look at France, Belgium, and Croatia, and they've they've had these mo at least these moments of in, in uh, a beautiful football. Um, and now, but just two points. One is that why they're going to win this World Cup? Because um, <coughs> throughout history and throughout the years. Uh, it's not always been, you know, that we've seen many a times, you know, Portugal, for example, two years ago winning the Euros. There's no way that they were playing the best football. Absolutely Greece, not. Greece, um, 2004. Greece, 2004. Yeah, absolutely. So a lot of teams have gone through because they've been able to break down those teams that have gone out full out attack and played beautiful football by being more patient and frustrating their opponents. And, I, 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 it, you know, A, you know, firstly, is that why are going to win or secondly are England suddenly going to find find the key to the final third and I, I think that's been the issue because round the back no issues yeah you know they've been able to no just... there's a Kyle Walker issue <laughs> there's a Kyle okay, Walker, there's a Kyle mistake Walker issue, issue which hasn't hasn't been resolved yet but look you know <laughs> you never knows. will be resolved <laughs> Um, they, they're able to interchange it 
you know, Henderson drops in to pick to to, to receive a ball from Harry Maguire, and Henderson immediately gives it back to Harry, Harry Maguire again, uh, and uh, <laughs> and then sort of turns and says, "Someone else's turn," you know, and they're able to sort of transpose it and put it into the midfield. But and then where they're failing is those. Uh, piercing runs by Sterling, or you know, through we we managed it with a you know with a Justin Rose almost scoring uh, in Danny uh, Rose. In, Stop calling sorry. Danny Rose Justin <laughs> Rose. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, give, give me, give it to me. Justin Rose almost scoring <laughs> against Colombia in the last <laughs> moments. And uh, the way Justin got onto the ball there, it was just beautiful. And uh, and I thought that was. That was beautiful, piercing, you know, that was really beautiful. Can we do that? Can, because it, it's almost like we've got the potential to, wouldn't it be nice, you know, if suddenly we did come up against a Croatia team and who, who, who want to have much more of the possession of the ball, which they will, and just turn it on, you know, with, with, with Sterling coming into his own, scoring a, maybe a couple, scoring a brace, Kane scoring one, you know, and then bringing Rashford on, letting Rashford score one in a, in a 4-2 win in the, in, the, in the semi-final. And with England actually playing great football all of a sudden where they, you know, you because know, it's almost like they've been warming up, you know. Can they come through? We know they can play football. So it, it, there was a lot of things that frustrated me about the game yesterday, for example, when we suddenly found ourselves in the final third out on the wings, you know, and instead of Trippier taking on his man and, and crossing, no, the ball always went back. Lingard finding himself out on the wing, Sterling fighting himself out, out on the wing with the ball. Instead of taking on his defender, no, he turned and he went back. Oh, we're going to play the patient, patient game, you know. I, I just think, you know, okay, then we controlled the game much more. That kind of, that kind of attitude is eventually gonna you know it could come back and 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 you know damage england's chances a, a bit but anyway i i don't know it's uh yeah and and of course we've got perjury versus uh, harry kane as well so. mate i think you're being a bit greedy i think what you're what you're looking for is, is <laughs> you've, you've you've been given some cake someone has given yep. you some cake mate and now you want to eat the damn cake and I would say to you, is like, just be happy with the fact that there is cake and that cake exists. Um, <laughs> going, going, analogy. <laughs> going, back to the, going back to the 2012 Euros, uh, when we... No, no, uh, no, sorry, your cake analogy sucks. It's even worse than actually than know, knowing that there's cake in front of me and not being allowed to even have a bite is worse than knowing that it's there. I'd rather mate, just not... Mate, you, you've come from okay. a world where the existence of cake was, was a thing that you could never have even contemplated before. So don't you be trying to eat the cake. Just all right. Look all at right. Cake, all right. Anyway, um, going back to the 2012 Euros, when we went out to Andrea Pirlo by himself, um, in that game, do you know what our most successful pass was? Our most successful pass with a grand total of five completed passes was Joe Hart, to Andy Carroll. <laughs> that was our most successful part. And the very fact that Harry Maguire might get the ball, give it to Jordan Henderson, and he gives it back to him is a thing of beauty. It's a wondrous, <laughs> wonderful thing when you hold it in the context of what we were doing previously was kicking the ball long All to right. a great big lump. Enough, mate, mate, don't be going to get greedy. Don't, don't be thinking about playing nice <laughs> interchangeable one-twos in the opposition's penalty area. No. 
Stop right. it. Okay. We will, okay. we will take a scrappy own goal. Uh, <laughs> we, we will take, uh, I mean, I'll take a bit of mild bribery. Like if we, have, <laughs> if it turns out that, that David Beckham's been bribing officials, I won't care. It'll be, well, that might taint it a little bit. But generally speaking, <laughs> I don't care. Mate, I'm, I'm deliriously happy to be where we are. Um, yep. I'm ecstatic we're in a semi-final. At the very worst, we've got a third, fourth playoff. <laughs> Harry, Harry Kane is, is looking, you know, odds on for a golden boot. I mean, and yes. it's, well, it's, yeah. it's going to be a little bit nerve-wracking because I honestly, you know, we're not going to get a chance like this to get into a, into a final again. If you look at the two times that we've been to semi-finals previously, 66, we had to play Portugal to get into the, and that Portugal team with Eusebio and whatever was an exceptional quality team and England had to play incredibly well to get through. And if you look at 1990, we played West Germany who were the best team in the world who did go on to win it. Uh, we all feel like that we deserve to win it and it was terribly cruel to go out on penalties, but they were a quality, quality side. Lothar Mateus, Jürgen Klinsmann, they were quality. This Croatia side is not a side that England should be scared of. Yes, they're probably better than we are. They probably have better players than we do, but they're not terrifying. They're not Neymar. They're not Hazard. They're not uh, Ronaldo or Messi or players like that. They've got very good players, but not terrifying players, I don't think. Um, and it, you know, it could well be that we lose, but I don't think in a semi-final of a World Cup that we're going to get much more of an opportunity to get to a final. And as I've said previously, if we get to a final, I am going to be insufferable. <laughs> I will not shut up for the entire week. I will refer to myself as David Hooker, World Cup finalist. I might even <laughs> change my LinkedIn profile to read World Cup finalist, David Hooker. And people will think, was he in the team? And then they'll realize, no, he wasn't. I, seriously, mate, I really hope it happens just for just how horrible I'm going to be. <laughs> mate, you, you saw me after Portugal won the, uh, the Euros as well. Oh, you I were was, horrendous. Uh, <laughs> European champion, thank you very much. Just, just remember it. And, you, know, and you, mate, used... you were still putting Edda's goal on your Facebook feed a good year after it happened. <laughs> well, it was the year anniversary. It had to be done. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and every month between the two. Yeah. <laughs> between them as well so mate no okay fantastic look um uh, we've got uh, france uh, versus belgium is the first semi-final on wednesday so we will uh, uh preview that uh first of all and then we will also preview uh croatia uh versus england as well we'll, we'll try and decipher how we're going to do it and also whether or not we might actually have another another uh, podcast in between these two uh, just uh, talking about other stuff that has gone on in the World Cup as well. Maybe just a little bit of, uh, 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 just, just to get our minds off the football, I guess, and just talk about stuff that's happened in and around, if you know what I mean. So, um, uh, so yes, yeah, so I think, I think we've done pretty well today. Uh, 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 thank you very much, uh, 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 Dave. And uh, thank you very much, me. Uh, as well, I thought I might as well just give myself a, a big thank you for, I don't know. I no one no else idea. is going to do it. No one else is going to blimmin' while do it. Follow us uh, uh, into dark alleyways, as we've often said, uh, and also uh, uh, follow us and subscribe to our uh, uh, podcasts as well. And uh, um, and yes, we'll, we will come back, uh, uh, like I said, uh, next Wednesday for France versus Belgium and Croatia versus England in the second semi-final of the World Cup 2018. It's coming on. It's coming on. It's coming <laughs> 
You would, wouldn't you? You just would. I would, and I have. Bye, everybody. <laughs> See ya. Thanks for listening to the Born Offside podcast. Now, please, politely, go fuck yourself. Goodbye. Three, four.